Chapter 2 His hands tightened on the steering wheel. A bead of sweat formed at the edge of his scalp. The drunk man had caught him off guard, stepping into his path like that. The last thing he needed was to hit a pedestrian and make a scene. No matter. They were almost at the spot. The voice would be appeased and grow quiet again. The girl was splayed out on the passenger side, her head at a weird angle. He noticed the bloody smear at the base of her skull. He hadn't wanted to do that, but she would have fought. She would have screamed. He thought back to a few hours earlier, Dadeland Mall, a giant eyesore located in suburban Kendall in southwest Miami, a giant block of stores and restaurants that looked more like a prison than anything entertaining. He'd followed the girl and her friends. They were window shopping, eating at the food court, the usual. He'd wooed her for days via emails, Facebook messages, and the occasional text message. His method hadn't failed him. He was cautious. He turned the van onto the expressway, heading south. After a while, her friends had left. She needed a ride home. He texted her from the disposable phone he'd purchased that morning, from my friend's phone. Meet me outside. We can get a soda. She was hesitant. He watched from the van, the only thing he'd held on to since the darker times, since New Jersey, Virginia, Georgia. He changed the signage on the side every month or so. Some months he was Monson Electric, other months it was Andrea's Bridal. He spotted her standing outside of Macy's, near the Lot C parking lot, alone. He got out of the van and approached her from behind. He tapped her on the shoulder. She turned around with a start, a confused look on her face. Excuse me, young lady? Yes? I'm Steve's uncle. Have you seen him? He said he was meeting a friend. She looked concerned. Oh, well, he said he was going to meet me here, she said, with no prodding. That's not like him not to show up, he said, his hands sliding into his jeans pockets. Weird. I dropped him off here a little while ago. She shrugged her shoulders and checked her phone. Nothing from Steve. Have you spoken to him recently? Just a few minutes ago. Hmm, he said, rubbing his chin. He'd cleaned up a bit in anticipation of the encounter. His longish hair was tied back, his stubble trimmed to a reasonable length. He was as clean-cut as he had to be. I'm going to take a quick swing around the parking lot and then maybe the other side of the mall. Want to come along? She hesitated. It sounded safe. He could see her debating it in her head. It's up to you, he said, shrugging and beginning to walk away. I'm just getting a little worried about him. I can tell him you were looking for him, too, when I find him. No, no, she said, speeding up her pace to catch up with him. It's okay. Let's go. He'd left a piece of pipe by the front passenger side tire. As she opened the van door, he swung at her skull with force. She let out a slight yelp and tumbled forward.
He pulled her up and pushed her into the van, looking around and confirming no one had seen him. He settled her into the seat, positioning her to look like she'd just dozed off. He allowed himself a moment to caress the hair, framing her young face. He turned off on the exit for Campbell Drive. The girl whimpered, a slow, low moan of discomfort. He realized she would be awake soon and stepped on the accelerator. A little more speed was okay. They were almost there, and then he and the voice would be sated for a little while longer. He turned the car radio on, the oldies station. The sound of Harry Nilsson's smooth baritone came through the van's scratchy stereo system. Remember, life is just a memory. Remember, close your